From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton, now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Hey, thanks, Jonathan. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. What's up, what's up with you? <laughs> I'm studying. You're studying for what? Well, I'm Canadian, and uh, not long ago, I applied to become an American citizen, and I finally got my notice with my date to take my citizenship exam. And I got to tell you, it makes me very scared. It it feels like the tables have turned, and I am now a contestant on a live... (laughs) I was going to say, are they going to do it at the Bell House? <laughs> yeah, they're doing it at the Bell House. Because I'm actually emceeing one of those. I'm emceeing a couple of uh, citizen tests. Yeah, Make and a little it extra money out, on the side. turns out this time there is a prize. There is yeah, a prize. Right. The stakes actually are high. The very citizenship is on the line. That's right. As a person who lives here and who didn't have to take this test, right. I'm, I often feel ashamed at how little I know about uh, about civics in the United States. So what are you finding that you there's stuff that you already know cuz you've been you've been living in the states for for decades obviously. These questions are very um they're written like trivia, honestly. Right. So but for example, this is the number one question on my study materials. What did the Declaration of Independence do? Uh I mean, technically n- nothing. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a. Le- <laughs> it didn't legally change anything, right? I. This is how I want to. You know, the, in my fantasies, <laughs> this is how I've always wanted to do exams. Just come in with a lot of my own ideas. Come in hot. <laughs> come in hot with a lot of disdain for the process. That's what I mean, they like, like to see at these citizenship. I can uh, give you the answer, but let's talk about the reality. <laughs> I mean, I know what you want me to say. You want me to. You want me to say what the right answer is. You want me to tell you what the truth is. Right. But the answer is, it did nothing. It announced our Mm. independence. It declared our independence. And it said that the United States is free, all of these things, from Great Britain. Mm -hmm. All right. How many members are there in the House of Representatives? See, I don't actually know what the answer is. Oh, I should specify voting members. Oh, sure. Oh, no, of course. No, I assume voting members. Are there like a couple people that just Wait, have a friend the non- there? Why? Who are the non-voting <laughs> yes. members? Just get everybody has a guest pass? We call him Good Time Kevin. We love having him around. <laughs> Good Time Kevin. <laughs> but he does not vote. Uh, <laughs> there are 435 voting members in the House of Representatives. I hope okay. everyone listening to the show right now is nodding their head and going, of course, of, of course. Of course, 435, yeah. And of course, I have to bring like, you know, a, a lot of my documents and, uh, but it also says that I need to bring a pen. <laughs> I love these lists because it's always like, you could see there's a story behind it, right? <laughs> I know. They didn't Why used they to say to that. make the rule. And then everybody's like, oh, I'm sorry, do you have a pen? <laughs> I had a pen on a chain, now it's just a chain. The chain broke. <laughs> right. If that'd be good if they give you one of those, like a pen with a huge wood block on it, like you know, a bathroom key. <laughs> yeah, like a bathroom key. key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could have this pen. Yeah, I have no idea if there'll be a sense of humor in that room. But you know, I mean, you're a professional entertainer, so I think if you want to lighten it up, come in there with some jokes. Yeah, I'll end off my whole thing with my type five <laughs> on democracy. <laughs> We have a fantastic show for you today. From The Late Late Show with James Corden, Reggie Watts will play games with comedian Kate Berlant. And we have two former Saturday Night Live cast members, Nassim Pedrad, will tell us about her new show, where she plays a teenage boy, and then will test her knowledge of I Love Lucy. Plus, Sashir Zameda joins us again, this time with her TV wife, Caitlin McGee. So let's get to it. We have two fantastic friend-testants joining us right now. Reggie Watts is the band leader on The Late Late Show with James Corden, and he stars in the new SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run. Plus, he has his own app called Watts App. Kate Berlant is a comedian and actor who's voiced several characters on BoJack Horseman. Reggie, Kate, welcome to Ask Me Another. Thank you for Thank having you for me. Thank you for having us. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Kate, you host a a podcast called Poog, which is Goop Backwards, and I know that you always have to probably say that to that because we know from doing sh- word game. Uh, you radio things. people, yeah, you just, understand. It's so funny how people just can't see it. Yeah, so it's Goop Backwards Poog, and you're satirizing and discussing the wellness industry and products. Yes, with oh, fellow I didn't comedian know that. Jacqueline Novak, and yes. so Kate of the podcast, you guys also. Are transparent about the fact that you're like also we would like free stuff oh yeah have you <laughs> received anything oh sweetie <laughs> yeah listen so the podcast was primarily uh, truly an effort to acquire free things <laughs> and i have been i mean it really goes to show you ask ask and i shall receive manifest or whatnot yeah 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 it's because, uh, yeah, I mean, some of my favorites, sure, why not shout them out? The Zip microcurrent facial. Oh, that um, works? It, I'm here to say it works. <laughs> I did it yesterday. I mean, you your see skin looks car- amazing. The, kind it's of amazing. The carving out. But see, like all wellness products, I do them like two days in a row, and I'm like, this is my new life, and it's going to generate productivity, and I'm going to finally break through my walls. And, and then on day three, of course, I'm slack jawed, unable to do it. You know, through repetition is when habits allegedly take hold. I myself have never been able to find the discipline to integrate something into my life regularly. I'm never going to be awake at 7 a.m. meditating. Right? <laughs> it's about radical self-acceptance. Right? Thank you. But you can thank you. Yeah. No miracle can, mornings around here. Yeah, look within. Get into microcurrent facials. Pray. Like really <laughs> small. Get recovery. Facials. Yeah. <laughs> I keep, like, I keep thinking that you're saying microcurrency facials, and that seems like oh, a, oh, honey, yes. you're not another fine <laughs> yeah. idea. Yes, of course. Yeah, they're microtransactions. You pay in Litecoin. Like in facial, <laughs> in facial purchases. <laughs> Eat, during, yeah. during your facial, would you like yeah, Do you extra? want to do the other side? Or, uh... <laughs> it's like, well, sure. Why not? <laughs> I love that. There's Bitcoin and then there's itty bitty coin. That's oh, scary. itty bitty coin. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Like that. That's cute. Microcurrency. It's like you just bought a box of sprouts. <laughs> uh, and Reggie, as the band leader of the Late Late Show with James Corden, you guys are back in studio. Yes. Yeah, we've been back uh, for I don't know a few months. Uh, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Trevor Noah's coming up, coming over today, and I'm going to ask him. My question for him is I'm going to ask him if I can use his pool in all seriousness. <laughs> so hopefully he'll, he'll, he'll let me use his pool a couple times a week. <laughs> bring me. I, I will. He'll I'll be cool with that. Of course. Yeah, great. that's cool. Reggie and mm-hmm. Kate, yes. we, uh, we have a couple great games for you. Ooh. Would you like to play a game? I'm scared. So I just want to say I famously I famously shut down around games, trivia. I, um, I'm sweating, but I'm excited. You'll be fine. <laughs> We're here for you. Uh, and so, Kate, because you host a podcast called Poog about wellness industry, we have the perfect game for both of you. <gasps> We're going to describe a wellness product or experience, and you just tell us if it's real or something we made up. We're going to take turns answering questions. Uh, Kate, this first one is for you. Horses seem relaxed, right? But maybe it's because they're always covered in hay. A hotel in Italy lets you try that out, offering a luxurious spa experience where you can lay down in a pile of warm, damp hay. No, I reject this as a practice. Why? It just, I it just, that was my, clearly I'm having a very strong reaction. I just can't imagine that this is real and I, and I don't want it to be true. Fair enough. It is real. <gasps> it is real. I don't know what they do to the hay in between la- layers. Mm. Uh, but this hotel offers hay baths, hay peels, and hay aroma massages. I mean, if you make it all the way, to, if you're in Italy and that's how you choose to spend your time, yeah. I, just, I weep yeah. for you. <laughs> all right, Reggie, if cuddling with fellow humans isn't doing it for you anymore... And you're feeling anxious, try out cow cuddling, the practice from the Netherlands that involves lying against a cow for hours to boost oxytocin. Against a cow? Is the cow sleeping? Because they're pretty tall. Uh, You know, sometimes. If you're nice to the cow and it relaxes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is so easy to do with cows. (laughs) I'm going to say that's not real. I'm sorry, that that is also a real thing. I don't like it. No, wow. <laughs> I don't like it, and I don't want to do it. 
And then yeah. afterwards, you, you, you go for steak. Oh, that's yeah. how come you on, get, get, oh, get, get, get into here. Get into here. Bill You've been Eisenberged. I can't go over there. <laughs> okay, fine. Kate. Wow. Yes. Burning sage is over. Now it's about burning money. It's illegal and could land you in jail. But practitioners say ceremoniously burning just even a $1 bill around your home can cleanse the capitalist aura from your space. I definitely am pro-burning money and cleansing capitalism out of our spaces. However, I do have to say I don't think this is a real practice. Yeah, that was fake. That is <laughs> well, finally, jeez. <laughs> Should just this game should be it's all true. <laughs> we have done that game. We have done that game. Okay, of course. <laughs> it's tempting. There's a lot of weird yeah, stuff out yeah. there for sure. Okay, Reggie, have you ever looked at the bird feeder in your in your backyard and thought, yum? Well, some wellness enthusiasts eat canary seed as a supplement, consuming them whole or buying them ground and mixing them into a beverage. I I, I would say uh, <laughs> that it seems like it would be true. Yeah, you are correct. That is true. Canary seed has been approved for human consumption in the United States and Canada. Yes. So congratulations uh, all around. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I used to I used to work for a for a wellness pra- practitioner in New York. Had no idea what I was doing. I completely and I was put. I, I, it was one of the most stressful experiences of my life because she would have me call her accountant to kind of help get her taxes in order, and I completely panicked and dissolved and created a insane filing system that I'm sure later destroyed her life and I was eventually fired. And, um, but I just want to say that she would feed me beautiful soups every day and she had birds and bird seed. And I always was convinced that the, cause she would sprinkle seeds on top of the soup, truly delicious. And I was convinced that they were, it was bird seed. Yeah. <laughs> More with Reggie Watson, Kate Berland, after the break, and we'll bring on the first of two Saturday Night Live cast members on today's show. Sashir Zameda competes with her new co-star, Caitlin McGee, in a game about apologies. Sorry, not sorry. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Discover. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. It's amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the US that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash match. 2021 Nielsen Report, limitations apply. Support for NPR and the following message come from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Brewer Terrence Sullivan shares how brewing beer is often a science, but to achieve the right flavor profile, it can also be an art. The science is the process of making the actual beer, and and the art form comes from the brewer of literally weaving in different hops. They're just adding some nice little zest to it. To learn more, go to SierraNevada.com. Must be 21 years or older. Please drink responsibly. On NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast, we talk about movies, music, and more. Like why The Great Pottery Throwdown is a comforting binge watch. And a look back at some of Chadwick Boseman's essential performances. All of that in around 20 minutes every weekday. Listen now to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. We're playing games with Reggie Watts from The Late Late Show with James Corden and comedian Kate Berlant. Are you ready for another one? Let's do it. Yes. So uh, you're going to team up and work together on this one. No. <laughs> we don't get along. Sorry. Our producer should have reached out. Yeah. Really don't. They, they, they There's just kind of a disconnect there. Fine. Okay, I mean, well, I guess if we have to. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, we'll give it a yeah, shot. Sure. So you're in for a treat because Jonathan Colton is going to sing you the clues in this game called Alternative 80s. Yes, we have changed the lyrics of alternative songs from the 1980s to make them about things from the 80s. But the twist is that those things could be from the 80s of any century, not Whoa. just the 1980s. All right, Got good it. luck. 
Thanks. Thanks very much. <laughs> First time guitar this. player. Here we go. <laughs> really should have taken lessons. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> okay, here we go. Mummers make me scream. Gritty haunts my dreams. Still, you'll find me eating scrapple and tasty cakes. Water ice and Gino's cheesesteaks. Put some onions and peppers on that john. Sorry, I was actually so swept up in the glory of the music that I failed to even. <laughs> play the game it's a just great song every time i hear that song so, i remember yeah. what a great song it is but i saw reggie you immediately smiled at, like within it's, the first couple chords of this yeah one. i mean it's one of my favorite it's just one of my favorite songs um oh every everybody wants to rule the world by fears over tears fears over <laughs> exactly. tears right. exactly yes uh so uh any any guesses uh, as to the place philadelphia philadelphia, philadelphia. cheese cheese yeah blends is that yeah. <laughs> cheese splits? Well done for a bonus point. Can you tell me in what eighties decade the Philadelphia was founded? That had to be freaking sixteen eighty. Yeah, sixteen eighties. <laughs> Beautiful. 1680s is correct. I'm going for the exact the exact. You are, you're you're really making it extra hard. The... I appreciate it. Sixteen eighty two. Ah, sixteen eighty two. Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. Okay. Here's another one. There's Adam on the ceiling He's a reclining hump God's giving him the finger Or else he's pointing to his junk That's one of many frescoes In this part of the Pope's home Staring up at the ceiling Woke up with a sore neck in Rome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sistine Chapel, Pixies. Mm. That's correct. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) The old Pope's home. The The old old Pope's home. home. (laughs) Whenever I hear the the word fresco, I just, I go somewhere. Mm. I know. I think of a refreshing beverage every time. (laughs) It's a kind of love it or hate it thing. I know people who love fresca and I know people who can't stand it. It's too much of a diet flavor for me. I yeah, I have some some avo- I Fresca brings up a lot of, of trauma for me, but Tab. Tab is like weirdly. Uh, tab I miss. Uh, tab I, tasted good. I, I don't know what it is. I think it's mostly the nostalgia Tab. And if they ever bring Zima back, which I have a Zima in the fr- fridge. It's a reissue, but it looks exactly like it did in the 90s. And it's like, I'm just, I don't know it Zima. just sits in my fridge and I hope no one just goes, oh, let me grab one. No. It's a huge risk. Where did you it get a Zima taking. reissue? Uh, my, uh, my mom's, uh, best friend's daughter in Montana, we, we went over for dinner and she's like, what, what, what do you want? We have, uh, you know, buy and like a couple other things or whatever. And she's like, oh yeah. And, and she just like put out all the drinks and one of them was a Zima. And I was like, where the How? hell did you get this Zima? This is crazy. And, uh, I was stoked because they have it in Japan. Zima exists in Japan, but it's not in the bottle. It's not in the classic bottle. It's like a, like a fountain drink or whatever and they mix it with alcohol but uh yeah anyways i never had it either is is it a uh is it alcoholic or not like a wine cooler yeah okay it's a clear malt beverage it's like a clear beer Mm. Mm -hmm. goes down smooth yeah kate Uh, would would drink it (laughs) kate would totally drink one right now for for a bonus point uh can you tell me in what 80s was the sistine chapel completed 1780s i'm guessing probably Earlier. 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 No. There's no way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sistine Chapel. It's impossible. They didn't, yes. they didn't have paint before the no, 1780s. No, no. They didn't have it ladders. Was, this was AD. No. Yeah, they didn't okay. have ladders. Yeah, that was the thing. Everything was had to be rely on It was people. earlier than the 1780s. It's not the oh, okay. Early in the 16. 1680s. Now I'm going to say 15. It was the 1480s. I, I, I'm ashamed. This cannot air. I cannot be seen like this. I know. I know. If Cape Berlant gets the, gets, gets the century wrong for the Sistine Chapel, the whole world's about to. The whole thing. <laughs> oh, sham. no. All right. Here's another one. You can redeem yourself with this one. Don't fret. Just look at this. If you don't know what day it is. 
Jesus who got the leap years wrong The Pope replaced his version with this one Oh Gregorian calendar Gregorian calendar, yeah. that is correct, yeah uh, and, and we were never the same, were we folks? We, no, were, we were never the same, same. Never yeah, the same. Still, still dealing with that stupid decision uh, and then, of course, uh, Eurythmics, these dreams, or, or any yes. Linux. But no, it was Eurythmics. At that point, Eurythmics. And for a bonus point, when did Pope Gregory Thirteenth introduce okay. the Gregorian calendar? I refuse to. to, to <laughs> You're not so even going to wade into these dangerous this waters. <laughs> well, We're getting some dangerous waters. So it was after the Sistine Chapel. I'm going to help. I'm, it okay, was after. It was after that. the Sistine oh, Chapel. Oh, it was after the Sistine Chapel. I already forgot when that was. Um, right, well, 1580s. Yeah. 1580s is correct. I just did the math. It was earlier. I did the math. You did the math. <laughs> you, you counted how many leap years. I, I did been. the conceptual math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, there was, a, there was a whole thing where the, the Julian calendar was, they had leap years in the Julian calendar, but they happened every four years. But it was still a little bit off, and so over time the calendar would slip until yeah. it'd be like. I, I mean, it doesn't feel like January. <laughs> I can't. The anxiety that this kind of logic gives me, because I just, I, I truly cannot fathom it, and um, yes. the invention of time and all of that yes. makes me spiral into non-meaning. It is a little upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I just feel like that's such a personality to be like, I'm going to create a calendar. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, that's insane. Yeah. Hey, guys, Megalomania. I like creating a calendar today. <laughs> okay, Jules, what you got? <laughs> uh, thank you so much for, you know, sharing the genius and bringing so much to all of these games. Caperland hosts the podcast Poog. Reggie Watts is in the movie SpongeBob, Sponge on the Run, and has his own app called Watts App. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. This was so fun. Thank you. Before we move on, uh, Jonathan, do you have something you would like to say to the people? Yes. Yes, if you're I do. If you listened mm-hmm. to that last game and you were thinking, hey, construction on the Sistine Chapel was completed in the 1480s, but Michelangelo didn't paint the ceiling until the 1500s. You are correct. We got that wrong. Thank you to everyone who wrote in, and sorry for the confusion. Now, back to the rest of the show. Good job. Our next two contestants are ready to go. Sashir Zameda and Caitlin McGee play a married couple on the new ABC series, Home Economics. Sashir, Caitlin, welcome to Ask Me Another. Thank you. Hi, thank you so much for having us. So you guys, you know, we're talking about this new um, sitcom that you're both in called Home Economics, and you play, you, the two of you are a couple in it. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, when describing the show, of course, it's going to be compared to a bunch of other shows out there. Uh, but I did see that there was an attempt to make fun of that. Yeah, the first first promo that we have out, it, it was like, they, we had like a, a Home Economics-ish Poster yeah. with, yeah. Uh, compared to Blackish, and then uh, our li- photo shoot was literally like the posing like Modern Family because mm. um, it is like a blended family and like three different families in one big family. But uh, I think it's different because we really focus on the um, economic status that we are all going through separately and how that can affect the family at large. Right. So there's it's sort of like a, a very rich sibling, middle class, and then mm-hmm. struggling to get on their feet. Kind yeah, that, of. that's us. We're the poor yeah. ones. <laughs> and, and what are what are your fictional jobs? I'm a second grade teacher in the show. Right. And I'm a therapist for low income at risk kids. Right. So basically doing the most meaningful work. Yes, correct. Yes. And making the least money. Yes, <laughs> making the least money. Making the least money. Yeah. Most all over difference in like, you know, children's lives, but that doesn't matter as much. Yeah, it doesn't come out in coins. <laughs> Turns out, yeah. Right. And then and then you uh, throw that into a sitcom. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, all right. We have a couple great games for the two of you. And let's, let's dive in. Are you ready for some games? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to take turns answering questions in this one. This is an audio quiz called Love Means Constantly Having to Say You're Sorry. 
Hmm. Uh, we're going to play you a clip of an apology from a television show or movie. And you just have to tell us what the movie or show is. Okay. Ooh, okay. So here we go. Sashir, this first one is for you. Rosak! I'm sorry! Oh. I'm sorry, Wilson! Wilson, I'm sorry! Oh, okay. <laughs> I know. Okay. Kaylin has her hands on her heart. It is, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Oh, is heartbreaking it? one. Castaway? Yeah, that's right. I that actually couldn't Tom hear Hanks. what it was. I thought it was Rosa. Did you yeah, hear it was like Rosa? Rosa? Rosa I definitely knew it was Tom Hanks' voice, but I couldn't figure out who he's screaming to. No, you heard his subliminal um, like acting cues. He was saying Rita. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Because he was picturing his wife. Yeah, right. I understand. Yeah. She's like off camera like, thank you. I do deserve an apology. Uh, finally. Okay, Caitlin. Okay. This is a clip from a 2019 book-to-movie adaptation. I can't, I can't change how I feel, and it would be a lie to say I do when I don't. I'm so sorry, Teddy. I'm so sorry, but I just oh. can't help it. Is that Little Women? It is Little Women, yeah. That's right. You got it. Okay. I had a second where I was like, okay, it's Saoirse Ronan, but like I actually couldn't tell. I had a split second where I was like, huh. I personally like the Winona Ryder. I worship Greta Gerwig. But have you seen yeah. the like 1990s one recently? Yeah, that's, it's that's still the one so I remember great. really well. All right, Sashir, this movie adaptation of a book stars Kira Knightley and Matthew McFadden. After what you have done for Lydia... And I suspect for Jane also, it is I who should be making amends. You must know. Surely you must know. It was all for you. Okay, I'm just going to tell you that Caitlin was basically reciting the speech. I have full body chills. I know that entire speech. (laughs) I just recently made my fiancé watch that, and he was just like, okay, it's just people sitting in different rooms. (laughs) He was like, they're just... I'm sorry. I don't want to give anything away, though. It's Sashir's turn. Is it Pride and Prejudice? Yes. Okay. That's right. That's right. Uh, Elizabeth Bennett and Mr. Darcy. Of course, written by Jane Austen. So that's a favorite? I, okay. I used to study to that soundtrack. It's like a really beautiful orchestral Mm. soundtrack. Mm. And so I have a very, like, Pavlovian thing where I'm, like, taken back to a specific moment whenever I hear that soundtrack it just really hits me I don't know if the movie holds up or if it's just my personal sentimental thing with this movie but when he walks across the mist of that field at the end I feel like I'm I'm just transported it's so hot he's wearing like a cloak and it's floating (laughs) it's like really it's peak peak hotness yeah (laughs) a cloak All right, Caitlin, the last one is for you. This is from a beloved 90s sitcom. Will and Carlton are sorry. (laughs) Fresh Prince, of course. Yeah, that is correct. (laughs) Oh, man. I like that we mixed it up on that one. That was like a, it was heartfelt, but through song, you know. Yeah. 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 All right, we have established that you know your apologies. (laughs) Well done. Nice game. We're playing games with Sashir Zameda and Caitlin McGee. Are you ready for another one? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so this is a multiple choice game. It's called Idioms from Around the World. Idioms are sayings that don't literally make any sense, like it's raining cats and dogs, right? So in this game, we translate an idiom from another country, and you decide which American idiom it most closely matches. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we are going to go back and forth with this one again. So, Caitlin, this is for you. Mm-hmm. In Portugal, when someone says you... Hold the candle. It means you're A, a backstabber, B, a third wheel, or C, a candle maker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a candle maker, although that is what I want it to be. Yeah, be um, very literal. I say backstabber. Are you sure? <gasps> Just checking. Just checking. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to. That's my final answer. Yes. Okay. 
Sorry, you're incorrect. Oh. <laughs> I know you were trying to help me, but I just had to stick to my guns. So it's fine. Uh, it's a third wheel, as in like a couple is having a date and the third person has to hold the candle. Oh, that's so sad. To really, make the night It's romantic. so much worse than the metaphor <laughs> of the third so wheel. That's so much worse. Oh, yeah. You're in charge of their lighting. Oh, <laughs> my God. It feels really degrading. It's really <laughs> like, degrading, yeah. Just standing there. Just like, watching them make out. Just watching them, like... Yeah, right, exactly. Bring it closer. <laughs> so, Sheer, in the Czech Republic, if someone is walking around in hot porridge, they are, A, blowing off steam, B, drinking before 5 p.m., or C, beating around the bush. Walking around in hot porridge. May I just say this is like my one of my deepest fantasies. <laughs> to walk around in hot porridge? It does sound fun. It does sound like a, like a new age like spa thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> porridge treatment. Okay. I'm going to say drinking before 5 p.m. Because maybe you're like I groggy. wish that were true. That's actually a, a fine guess. It's beating around the bush is the answer. The idea is the porridge is very thick and it slows you down from getting to the point. Okay. So it's like you're talking at me like you're walking around in hot porridge. Oh, I see. All right, Caitlin, in Poland, what does to have a fly up your nose mean? (laughs) Does it mean A, to be in a snit, B, to have an annoying voice, or C, to eat like a horse? I'm going to say the, the fly up your, that's too mean to criticize someone's voice. So I'm going to hope that it's being a snit. You're correct. It <gasps> absolutely <Yeah>. is. <laughs> All right, Sasha, this is the last one. In Italy, if someone tells you that your eyes are lined with ham, it means A, you're a pig. B, you look hungover. C, you're sticking your head in the sand. Probably hungover. Like your eyelids are droopy because you're tired, and so they're lined with ham. A fine guess, a fine guess, but it's incorrect. Actually, means you're sticking your head in the sand. Your eyes are lined with ham, and you can't even see the ham that is there. This is Italy. They're very, (laughs) they're very, very food related. Yeah, Yeah. it's prosciutto. You guys did great. Thank you so much for joining us. Sashir Zamita and Caitlin McGee star in the new show, Home Economics, Wednesdays on ABC. Sashir, Caitlin, thank you so much. Yes, thank thank you. you. It was fun. After the break, former Saturday Night Live cast member Nassim Pedrad tells us about playing a teenage boy in her new TV show, and she'll try to remember what happened in classic episodes of I Love Lucy. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from BetterHelp, offering online counseling. BetterHelp therapist Hesu Joe explains the importance of creating a safe space for therapy. I can't tell you how many times I've had clients that say that expression, like, I've never told that to anybody. That's when I know I've made some kind of momentous move with this person. They feel safe enough to expose that part of themselves, and doing that together with somebody else can be very powerful. To get matched with a counselor within 48 hours and save 10%, go to betterhelp.com ask. The news is about more than what just happened. You need to know why it happened, who made it happen, how it's felt in the communities you care about. NPR's daily news podcast, Consider This, gives you all of that, with context, backstory, and analysis on a single topic every weekday. It's not just information, it's what the news means. Consider This from NPR. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. It's time to welcome our special guest. She was a cast member on Saturday Night Live for five years, and now she created and stars in the new TBS series, Chad, where she portrays a 14-year-old boy navigating his first year of high school. It's Nassim Pedrad. Hello. Hello. Thank you guys so much for having me. I love talking to uh, comics, comedians, actors about early gigs because they're they're always good fun. And I read that when you were starting out, you 
you had a gig dressing up as Dora the Explorer and going to children's <laughs> <Ooh>. parties. <laughs> Starting out with a deep cut. Yes. <laughs> but, I did. But I read that the uh, company didn't, all, didn't really provide you with a decent costume. <laughs> no, they didn't. It was pretty... <laughs> It was budget was always a concern with this right. company, and um, the vibe was basically like, "Are you a criminal? No, cool. Do you want to work for these birthday parties?" And that was that was all it took. Um, but in my mind, I was like, you know, oh my god, like, will I get to play a princess? Can I be Princess Jasmine? Will I be in mm-hmm. these like amazing costumes and? They were like, oh, you're going to be playing Dora the Explorer, that like tomboyish child who's friends with a monkey, and you're going to have to figure out your own costume. So best of luck to you. I had a wig, which just looked like a short bob, and then pretty much just like short leggings and a t-shirt and a backpack from Target. It was like... Yeah, the backpack, the famous backpack. (laughs) Yes. That's it. Um, needless to say, parents were very disappointed when they opened the door and saw that they could have like asked asked a local cousin to do the same thing for free. <laughs> so you were born in Iran. You moved to the U.S. when you were three and grew up in California. And you and your sister both gravitated towards comedy. But not only that, succeeded. Uh, your sister's a comedy writer. She's written for 30 Rock and New Girl. So, you know, how, how did that happen that both of you got interested in, you know, pursuing a career in comedy? Uh, we truly have no idea, like coming from our <laughs> our parents who are funny, but like not intentionally funny. Um, we had immigrant parents, so we didn't understand like what Hollywood or having a career in comedy even meant. I thought it would be cool to be a comedian in the way that it's like cool as a child to think of being an astronaut or Rihanna. Like, yeah, that sounds right. awesome. Is there a sign up sheet? Like, how do you do that? You know, um, <laughs> you know, I, I won't speak for my sister, but from she, I mean, she's just inherently from the moment she could talk was just born hilarious and funny. Um, for me, you know, growing up, comedy was a way to belong because it really evens the playing field. If you can make someone laugh, it doesn't matter that you have a weird name or that you, you know, have parents that have an accent or that you're, you know, unique. Yeah, acceptance. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of, that's how I grew to find it. So you sort of said, you said your parents were funny, but not in the, like, was your, did you... Like, we laugh around. at the things that they say. <laughs> right, right, like, right, right. I don't mean to sound rude. It's not like we're, I'm laughing at that. I love them so much. But, you know, and they'll kind of laugh with us and not totally understand what's funny about it. And we're just like, um, but yeah, no, I, I, we grew up in a household that was always laughing. Like, they do sometimes intentionally make us laugh, too. I don't mean to say that they have absolutely no sense of humor. Um, but... I mean, I had I had aunts and uncles. I, I was lucky enough to have a big Persian community made up of family, friends, and relatives, and distant, you know, cousins, and um, that were really silly and fun. And a few of my relatives were properly hilarious and would, you know, impersonate other family members. And I would just right. watch. You know, I had an aunt that was particularly hilarious and. As a kid, I would just watch her and like study her. And um, so I was lucky. There was a lot of, I was surrounded by a lot of laughter. And so, you know, you were on Saturday Night Live for five seasons mm-hmm. and you were known for your impressions. Speaking of like studying people, uh, Ariana Huffington, Kim Kardashian. And I read that when you auditioned, you auditioned with like 10 or more impressions. Some impressions, some characters. I, I think I even did Kim Kardashian in my initial audition I might have even done Dora come to think of it <laughs> um, come See, to think and you of thought it, when you're doing that job yeah. you thought it was just a dead end but it exactly. was wait a second how you, you got know, guys, your SNL job thanks for making me realize I have a lot to be grateful for with that job it did come full circle for me I guess right so your new show on TBS called Chad you created it you wrote it you star in it mm-hmm. you do all the things <laughs> I do a lot of things. Uh, yeah, and you know, it's interesting because women voice boy characters all the time, uh, like Nancy Cartwright in The Simpsons, but you don't see it in live action. How did you as an adult woman 
um, sell this? Well, it wasn't a traditional pitch in the sense that I was already in a development deal with a network when I yeah. had the idea. They, um, I would assume, expected me to write a show where I'm playing a woman my own age. Um, in, in their defense, that's a very reasonable assumption. And I was like, or I could play this 14-year-old boy. But it was a little scary to the network, maybe. You know, it is... It is a bit of a swing. If you don't get people on board for that buy-in, how will the pilot, let alone the series, sustain that? Um, to me, what was so interesting as an experiment was, what if we told a coming-of-age story where the teenager at the center of it was played by an adult who has the perspective that an adult has as to why teenagers are so funny, right? Like. Teenagers don't know what's so funny about being a teenager. They're just sort of living it <laughs> through. Right. They haven't had the luxury of being able to reflect on how, you know, ridiculous that time can feel, how terrifying it can feel. Um, funny moments get to be funnier and less sad if you're not sitting there laughing at an actual Iranian child. You know what I mean? Yeah. It does change <laughs> the show. It changes the makeup of the show. If you were watching an actual teenager, I'm it just it, it changes the experience, you know. Yet the other cast are uh, high school kids. They are. And that was so important to me because to have the audience willing enough to suspend their disbelief that I'm Chad, it really was important to me to ground everything around Chad. Um, and so not only did it help my performance, but it, I think it helps sell the show and the, you know, the um, premise of the show to have the actors around Chad be actual teenagers that are earnestly engaging with him and grounding him in a way, you know? Um, yeah. Cause you just see them behaving completely as they would if they were acting opposite an actual 14 year old child actor. Yeah. And, and, you know, Chad's personality is, um, well, he's desperate to be popular. <laughs> yes, he's very you know, thirsty. that's, that's very <laughs> yes. clear. Uh, but since we're talking about his character, what are, what are some of the things that you are, are thinking about? You know, like you said, he has this rigid determination to be popular. That's what he wants more than anything. Um, but he's really his own worst enemy. Like, he gets right. in his way more than anyone. It's not a coming-of-age coming story where, you know, like, in... in the more traditional sense, coming of age stories, a lot of, you know, ones that I grew up on, there was a, a bully, you know, and the main character was oftentimes actively being bullied and that bully was the bane of their existence. But with this, I kind of thought it'd be more interesting to not have Chad be bullied. And, you know, the cool kids around Chad are actually quite progressive and <laughs> intolerant of him. They're pretty nice. They just kind of don't notice him, which to him is even worse somehow. The worst. But yeah. yeah. Um, so I also just have to ask you, you were in the live action remake of um, the Disney movie Aladdin in 2019, and your yeah. character Dahlia was the only new main character added to the adaptation. So, you know, did appearing in a huge Disney blockbuster kind of change your life? Oh my gosh. It was definitely the biggest thing I had done in terms of scale. Yeah. I mean, I showed up on set and was like, wow, the money was spent, guys. <laughs> the money, <laughs> no corner of the set was spared. It was just, you know, I wasn't totally sure what to expect. Um, I had put myself on tape and improvised a bunch of different versions and just, wow. I gave them like different options. So, by the time I got cast, I was like, what do they want me to do? Um, which one? <laughs> which take? Um, and what I came to realize was that Guy Ritchie is just incredibly collaborative. And he insisted that we have these um, true rehearsals. Like a lot of times when you're blocking for TV or film, it's not really a like an acting rehearsal. It's more of just like a blocking rehearsal. Like go stand here, right. say this line, go over here. But to his credit, like he, he, it almost felt like we were rehearsing for a play every day. And I mean that in the best way, like he really got into it and would ask us questions about where is this character at? What do they want? Like, what can we find on the day? So I didn't even know I'd get to do that. So it was really, it was really fun to be able to have that experience. All right, Nassim, are you ready for an Ask Me Another Challenge? Let's do it. <laughs> okay, so you told us that as a kid, you loved watching I Love Lucy. I did. Oh, she was so good. How did you come across that as the thing that you loved? 
it was just on um, all the time, all the time. <laughs> and so it was just kind of a two for one in the sense that I was learning about comedy and literally how to speak English as well at the same time, um, because my parents were speaking Farsi or, you know, Persian to me um, so that I didn't lose that either. And so um, some of my earliest memories of living in America is just like sitting down and watching I Love Lucy and to, you know, see someone that funny and so ahead of her time, like for a woman to get to be that silly, you know, at the time that her show was on. Yeah. Um, it's pretty remarkable. And she was just obviously the best. Like, um, so I have a, not, a lot of nostalgia associated with the show. That being said, I also have a horrible memory. So let's see how oh. I do on this quiz. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So based on that, we do have an I Love Lucy trivia game for you. Uh, because we were told that you can remember what happened at the end of almost every episode. <laughs> Who told you that? Well, uh, well it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. We're going to do we're this together. We're going to make this work. Well, we're it's about to be find great. out. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the game is, Jonathan and I will tell you how an episode of I Love Lucy begins, and then you tell us how that episode ends. So in the classic episode, Job Switching, Lucy and her best friend Ethel try to prove that they can work jobs while their husbands Ricky and Fred try to prove that they can do the housework. So Lucy and Ethel take jobs at a candy factory. Ricky and Fred attempt to cook. What happens? How does it end? The belt speeds up. (laughs) (laughs) And they can't keep up with the chocolates that are flying by them. So... Am I wrong to say Lucy starts to eat them and shove them in her hat? <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That is correct. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Do, do you remember what happens with Ricky and Fred? Um, drawing a blank with those two on that episode. <laughs> what happened yeah. with them? They make a mess. They're terrible at cooking. Oh, my it's gosh. It's a catastrophe. That was what my gut was telling me. I should have gone with it. That's <laughs> yes. right. And then, yeah, and then there's like a little moment. Uh, the button is that Ricky and Fred give uh, Lucy and Ethel... Uh, a five-pound box of chocolate as a gift. Oh, that's right. And it's like, yeah, wait. (laughs) Remember this? It's like, remember this trigger? Yeah. (laughs) 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 All right, here's another one. In Lucy Does a TV commercial, Lucy gets a gig promoting a health supplement called Vitamita Vitamita Vegemin. Vitamita (laughs) Vegemin. Yes, which contains 23% alcohol. The commercial is performed live during a musical variety show hosted by her husband, Ricky. How does this one end? She gets wasted, right? She gets <laughs> wasted. She gets wasted on live television. That is correct. <laughs> and she starts slurring her words and mm-hmm. it does not go well. Yes. That is absolutely correct. And she, uh, at some point, uh, drunkenly interrupts Ricky's singing performance during the live broadcast. Yes. yes. And he ultimately She's has to carry her off stage. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Oh, Come on. I remember that performance. I'm yeah, like. No, really brilliant. So, so good. good. So good. Uh, and yeah, that uh, that one is incredible. And actually, there's a world record. As you know, there's a lot of world records that um, Lucille Ball lookalikes love to <laughs> try to achieve. Uh, and there was oh a world gosh. record for the most Lucille Ball lookalikes, which is 915, by the wow. way. Just imagine that. Like, you oh. know, in the way that one ladybug is sort of adorable, but like 915 <laughs> would be frightening. <laughs> Uh, but they are they are under a, a Vita Meta Vegemin sign uh, in Jamestown. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. I remember this one. In Ricky has labor pains. Ricky starts <laughs> developing the same symptoms as his pregnant wife: nausea, dizziness, stomach pains. His doctor says it's because Lucy isn't paying enough attention to him. <laughs> And he's feeling neglected. Lucy convinces her neighbor Fred to throw Ricky a daddy shower. Oh, my gosh. I'm so surprised that this just didn't take off, by the way, the whole idea of a daddy shower. (laughs) A daddy shower. Uh, And uh, and Lucy and Ethel get suspicious when they hear Fred refer to it as a stag party. How does Hmm. it end? How does it end? How does it end? Um, Okay, so he had a baby shower. A daddy shower. A daddy shower, a stag shower. I mean, I definitely don't remember this, but I'm just going to take a wild guess. 
yeah, great. women dress up as men and show up? Yes? Am I right? <laughs> I mean, basically. Correct. Yeah. They, Do they, they try dress to blend up? in by being one of the guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they dress up as newspaper reporters that are supposedly writing a trend piece on daddy showers. So, yeah, that's exactly it. And I of wonder course if that tr- episode was reverse engineered. Like, if they started from, let's have mm, Lucy show up yeah, right, right. <laughs> in this, and then how can we how can we get there? I wonder. That's possible. To have been a writer in that writer's room. What a fun room it must have been having someone like that. All right, this is the last one. In Lucy and the Loving Cup, Ricky is hired to present a trophy honoring horse jockey Johnny Longdon. Lucy buys a new dress and a fuzzy hat for the event. Ricky thinks the new hat is ridiculous. How does it end? Oh, I absolutely remember that clip of her getting her head stuck in it. Am I crazy? Yes. Yeah, 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 that's it. <laughs> see. Yeah, it, it ends with uh, the Ricky presenting the trophy to Johnny yep. with Lucy. That's right. Still stuck uh, with the trophy on her head. Her and it is never, yes. never in the episode revealed if she gets the trophy off. They ran out of time. <laughs> they had to cut to commercial. They didn't have time to wrap that up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, that's the wrap. Yeah, go so, out on the joke. Go She's out on the joke. Go out on the joke, that's right. <laughs> Nassim Pedra's new TBS show, Chad, is out now. Nassim, thank you so much for joining us. Oh my gosh, thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> That's our show. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name Anagram to Thou Jolta Cannon. Our puzzles were written by our staff, along with Madeline Kaplan, Kara Weinberger, Emily Winter, and senior writer Karen Lurie. Ask Me Another is produced by Travis Larchuk, Nancy Seichow, James Barber, Romel Wood, and our intern, Sophie Hernandez Simeonitas. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal, and our boss's bosses are Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We'd like to thank our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, you're still listening. Fantastic. So since you're still here, why not pop over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review? We'd love to hear from you, and it also helps others find out about our show. For information about new episodes, bonus videos, and more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks! Next week on Ask Me Another, Yo-Yo Ma talks about playing his cello at a vaccination site. And then we challenge him to a game about pop songs that quote classical music. Plus, chefs Sola L. Whaley and Stella Parks improvise recipes in a game of food jazz. So join me on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions. <laughs> <laughs>